anything <laughs> it looks like actually the way you're looking around your house it's like you've got notes all over the apartment no i was actually uh i was actually it's like i'm thinking of the fucking pull-ups commercials like i just fucking managed to shit not on myself for the first time <laughs> in a toilet but i'm not ready for regular because it's like like the look um, you're giving is like the 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 camera inside of the rocket as it takes off of like the monkey <laughs> it just like looks everywhere <laughs> yeah exactly uh, uh, I wish people not on the radio could uh, see this so I'm Anthony Gallegos with me is Arthur Geese hi Matt Chandranet and Mitch Dyer as you can tell Matt's had some drinks I have I apologize but I've been <laughs> drinking since about 3 o'clock today so I probably Why? shouldn't have done that before yeah, the podcast started. Yeah, Mitch and Matt are a few deep right now. I'm doing art, though. I'm not beatboxing or anything. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I was beatboxing earlier, which is a yeah. tragic mistake, Mate, I will Matt admit. Matt has the beatboxing thing covered. Yeah, I'm hopefully. a few deep, Sorry about too, that. into a fucking bout of human shame. <laughs> <laughs> so are you eating macaroni and cheese by the fistful? Chilitos. <laughs> <laughs> you accidentally <laughs> made Chilitos? You didn't accidentally thought, make anything. I did. I just mixed some shit I had in the fridge, and then it tasted like Chilitos, and I was like, oh my god, whatever happened to Chilitos? <laughs> and then I picture you in like a Requiem for a Dream montage of like cutting between like your eyes dilating and your, your, your brain like lighting on fire as you think, it's Chilitos. <laughs> Chilitos are good. I don't man. know what to do with my life that I wasted looking and doing research about Chilitos. So, um, well, didn't you tell us earlier that you actually found that there are groups of people that are petitioning to bring them back? Change yeah. like that needs to be a thing. Did you find these on the internet next to like the people who talk about cutting? No, oh my God. Yeah, apparently it only exists currently in Texas and in like South Carolina. So good, they can have them. Deal with that. Yep. Oh, fuck off, Matt. They were so good. <laughs> uh, can I just point out that I got an email from Battlefield right now, finally, after being registered on that shit for weeks, that says, Welcome to the true experience of All Out War. I thought that I got, the, I got <laughs> the same thing. I thought I about that because I logged in on my account on your Xbox today when you were playing. Battlefield. And you just got it. Yeah, and I thought it was saying, hey, like, oh, you're here finally, even though I've been playing it for a week. Yeah, what the fuck ever. That's the dumbest fucking email in a week of stupid Battlefield bullshit. Is it better than the, hey, remember we have this other Command & Conquer game? Oh, yeah, hey, I thought... <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, pay no attention to this thing we canceled. Did we got this 2012 thing? It's just as no good. I saw that, too. That was, right now. No, it was so, very confusing. Yeah, so yesterday, uh, EA sent out an email for a free-to-play online <sighs> Command & Conquer game. Sounds right. familiar. And I'm like, wait a second. Uh-huh. They just canceled a free-to-play online <laughs> Command & Conquer game. What yep. the fuck? What's going on here? And they I freaked out our Wikipedia news team. And, yeah. and then I looked at it, and it was the game they released in 2012 that everyone forgot about. 
I genuinely so did not know that was a thing. I didn't even know they released it. I thought it was completely canceled. Tiberium Wars? Is that the it's, subtitle? It's, Tiberium like Alliance? One, Tiberium Wars was an actual retail release of I don't, Command and Conquer. I don't think it's Facebook. Um, okay. Oh, it might be. You might. I think it is. It's so bizarre. Anyways. Anyway. Mitch, sound, Mitch sounds really distant to me. Is it are, just me? That are, uh, um, that are out now for yeah. consumers to play. Yeah. Um, well, I've been playing a bunch of Battlefield because I was doing our console updates. You and I have um, been having very different experiences. Right. So Explain. until today, my experience with Battlefield on consoles has been fucking abysmal. Uh, like for because for Xbox One and PS4. Oh. Um, so both of them have had an issue where immediately following a conquest match, it'll dump you to the home screen as the game crashes. Oh, that's helpful. Um, both of them have prolonged issues finding matches. The server browser barely works. Uh, it mostly shows empty servers. Um, it shows zero conquest servers. So the thing nice. with that is there are two different conquest uh, filters. <laughs> you didn't want to play conquest. There's anyway, conquest and conquest large because, of course, when you're playing on PS4, Xbox One, you would want to play the fucking 32 player conquest maps. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's why I bought an extra right. console. That's why you spent four or five hundred dollars. So there's that and uh, general server stability issues and really bad lag. Um, which is causing, like, just running in a straight line causes stutters. So on, on the PC version, you know, there's all kinds of people hosting consoles. Are console servers hosted exclusively by EA, or yes. can individuals host them as well? No, nope, this is all EA for now. Uh, I'm, curious, I'm curious how much of this problem is Battlefield and how much of it is PSN slash Xbox Live mm. issues. Uh, I would now. say it's almost entirely on EA. Yeah. And that Rise multiplayer mm. has worked almost flawlessly. Until tonight. Okay. <laughs> Until tonight. I don't know what the fuck that was um, about. Uh, Need well, for can... Speed is having similar problems really? with online okay. stuff. I had no issues with Need for Speed. I don't know what about the sports balls, but uh, the Battlefield issues are across PS4, Xbox One, and PC has apparently been a total mess. Great. Huh. For the last week and a half. A total so, mess in general or a total mess on EA servers? I to- well, those are, it's, I'm pretty sure that EA still administers some of that. Like, people rent servers from EA for uh, Battlefield. okay. I just so. feel like whenever I go on to Battlefield on a PC, I'm, like, never <clears throat> playing on anything that says EA official, so I never know if I'm on an EA server, quote-unquote. I feel like that's the only thing I would want to play on. I want to play on some random dude's server. I feel like they never pop up in my server list. Uh, well, they on f- Battlelog, on a web page. So they face that stuff out, but... Yeah. So anyway, so, so basically... Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, so it sounds like it's pretty much unplayable at this point. Um... It- it was until this morning. This morning, okay. I started having, like, they rolled out a patch on PS4 yesterday, um, and I know that they've been doing server-side stuff. Uh, so this morning, uh, my lag issues were gone, which means that I could actually aim and shoot again and run around and move and not uh, move around a corner and then die from bullets that were shot at me before I moved around the corner. Um and Sounds generally, like standard Battlefield so far. I've been able to join and play Conquest, but I've had a couple of crashes today still. Mm. So I put up an update for this game today because it was working when I did it, and now it's fucked up for people again, so I may have to put up another update tomorrow that says this game is fucking broken. Nice. Um, which is a shame, because yeah. Battlefield 4 is really fun when it's working. Um, but Mitch has been having like a totally different experience yeah, in that it's just worked for him. no problems. I've had um, like a couple, not crashes, but... 
like getting booted out of matches, which is hard to tell if that's PSN or if that's EA or if that's the server or if that's right. something else. I don't know. Um, but by and large, I've had a fairly positive experience, both on PS4 and on Xbox One. When people were talking a couple weeks ago about no Conquest servers, I was in a Conquest match reading that. <laughs> right. Which was surprising. Um, and that has been an on-again, off-again problem in that there mm-hmm. are no Conquest matches on PS4, and there hasn't been for a while. But Which is, I mean, that's weird because I've been joining Conquest matches for the past couple of days on PS4. Interesting. Um by quick matching into Conquest. So they patched it on PS4 today? Yesterday? yesterday. Have you played it since? Yes. I played like two and a half hours on both today. Okay. Which actually isn't that many matches because there are a lot of matches on Battlefield that are going yeah. almost the full 60 minutes. Yeah. Which makes it oh, super wow. fun when you've been playing for 45 or 50 minutes and suddenly the server and then crashes it disconnects. and yeah. you don't get any of the experience. Sweet. That's, That's great. a real bummer. Um, because, you know, like my life force draining out of me as I near closer to death isn't valuable to me at all. Nope. It's Dude, not valuable to me. Like, that sounds awful. Like Yeah. Like a bad that's very bad. It is very, very bad. It's like fucked I, up. And I feel like there's got to be somebody that can come up to a solution for this that will figure out that like when the server drops you instead of you quitting the server, that somehow you can still get the experience that you thus far gained in the match. Um I think that they don't want to do that because it encourages quitting. Uh, what they need to do is... No, but that's what I'm saying. Like, there needs to be some sort of way that people can figure out that the server dropped you instead of you dropping from the server. I'm not saying it's easy. It's I just mean, a problem that needs to be solved. What you're talking about would require that they give DICE more time and more money and yeah. more people to make things happen. They, and they honestly... all of that. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's the fucking problem with Battlefield 4, and it was yeah. the fucking problem with Battlefield 3, is that, like, they do not have enough time to finish the game. Mm-hmm. And the game is gonna come out on release day. Right. It is... It's and bad enough. Get decent reviews, even though it's fundamentally broken. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because they do it at review events, and we think, well, it can't possibly be as bad as last time, right? Eh. Right. And, and last time, like this time when we played on PC, we were playing on live PC servers. We weren't playing locally, yeah. so it's like, yeah. okay, so this is how it works. So we should be fine. Uh, PC, I've had no problems. PC what? has been less troubled, but it's it's had a lot of issues over the last couple. Well, of weeks. I feel like PC is probably less troubled because people can actually set up custom servers. So, like, even if the EA services are just as bad as they've always been, then at least you have some kind of fallback. Well, no, but you don't because these people are renting servers from EA. They're is that? Not. But is that the only solution? Yes, to rent? because oh. there's no client to host Battlefield Four games. Oh, okay, that's the part I didn't so you're understand. You're just paying EA. To tweak shit. So if, EA, so if EA is still fucking up, then it's still fucking everybody up. Yes. I so, gotcha. so that's the thing, is that the game came out, it's not fucking finished. Right. The DICE did not have time to finish it, that all the fucking problems that we're seeing with Battlefield now are the same fucking problems that it had at the review event yeah. at the end of October, yeah. and it's still not working. And I've been inclined to give EA some slack over some stuff this year, like SimCity and mm-hmm. fucking that kind of bullshit. Mm-hmm. Everything they've released this year has been a fucking train wreck. It's ridiculous and it's infuriating. And I like I am the the days of me giving EA the benefit of the doubt on server shit are over. Yeah, I was gonna say just to clarify, you mean they the things that they've released that have some sort of online or multiplayer component have been a train wreck, right? Uh, which means that I hope to fucking god that Titanfall next year is running on Microsoft oh servers God. on everything and know, not just right? on Xbox. 
That's some scary shit right there. Um, because it's not just like, oh, well, we're just running like the multiplayer stuff. It's like there's a lot of stuff happening on Titanfall server side, and it has to work. Well, and the worst thing is, is that they can't even get it right when it comes to things like uh, minor DLC content for Dragon Age 2. You know, I still remember logging into Dragon Age 2 and not being able to get my pre-order DLC and not being able to get my release day DLC and everything just simply because their servers were down all the time or their login servers were down. And then it would be, you know, I launched Dragon Age 2 and the DLC that I did have that I had already downloaded suddenly wouldn't work because my login didn't work because their login servers were down. All right. So other thing, uh, because I set up my PSN account with a different email address than my origin account. I had to create a new PSN ID with my original email address that to makes sign into Origin sense. and play Battlefield 4. Oh, wait. No, that makes no sense at all. So now I have two PSN IDs. Oh, God. Cool. Which I had been sort of thinking about because I don't like my current PSN ID and like I would Still. like to change it, but Sony has no fucking function in yeah. place to do that. So Thanks, Obama. I've got a new PSN ID. That's attached to the same email address as my origin account. So Great. fuck yep. me for thinking I should do something different, right? It's not like PSN <laughs> got hacked a few years back or anything. Lovely. Uh, so Battlefield 4. I like the game. Yeah. EA can go fuck themselves. <laughs> I I am I am beyond I've have I've gone beyond had it into this is fucking bullshit. And if it doesn't work tonight, by the time we get done with this podcast, then I'm going to change the score again tomorrow. What you sounds right to me. I gave it the same thing as the PC version, okay? Because the functionality is it's essentially the same experience yeah. mm-hmm. between PC and next gen. Right. And when it works, it's fine. It's good. It's fun. Uh, there are a lot of maps that I don't think are any fun at all. So flood um, zone. Flood zone is a good example of that. I'm not a big fan of land king. I feel like yeah, it's. I've- I feel like there's way too much empty space. Yeah, there's just not enough to there's do. There's a ton of empty space, and then a bunch of awesome shit that takes way and too like, long to get to. And, like, the island is a clusterfuck. The island's terrible. Uh, um, yeah. So I just, I don't like that, but there there's, like, a, a good rotation of, like, five good maps. Mm-hmm. But also, like, the Battlefield 4 DLC strategy can also eat a bag of dicks. <laughs> right. There there's are five new maps on Xbox yes. One and nothing anywhere else. And then the five additional maps are out next month. Great. Or three maps? Is it three maps next month? Who cares? So right now, Xbox One owners can buy... Uh, or, or these, you can redeem the code in the box. You can re- redeem the code in the box for five additional maps that are remixed Battlefield 3 maps. Yep. Uh, and then in December, they're releasing even more maps, except these are paid. You can buy DLC maps for Battlefield within six weeks of its fucking release, and they're not pre-order maps. Battlefield Premium. Battlefield 4 Premium. I'm sorry, because it's a different fucking right. product. So you can either buy the DLC or suck it up and pay $50 now and not have to worry about it anymore. Either of which is fucking bullshit. Like, that is... I don't... Microtransactions don't bother me. Like, boosters don't bother me. Car packs and no. forts don't bother me. This fucking bothers me. That they're already, like, diluting their player base yep. twice in six weeks. Yeah, right. I was playing with a friend the other day, and we got separated because it filtered us into a map, one of the new maps, like Metro or whatever, and right. I didn't redeem my code. And, well, okay. shit on you. Right, I mean, great, I can redeem that code, and we could have been fine, but if he decides to buy maps and I don't, then we're going to get separated, and fuck that. That's and it's the same thing I'm that happens It happens in every multiplayer shooter uh, that has map packs, like this happened to Gears. Like, Gears 3 uh, had paid DLC, and if you didn't have the paid DLC, you didn't get to play on dedicated servers anymore. It's why you cannot find a match in Gears Judgment. Not that Gears Judgment is super popular, but 
there are a limited number of people spread across different map packs in that game. Yeah. So Right, but if you're in a party with somebody, it should just be smart enough to not try to put you in a map that yeah. somebody doesn't have. The problem is you can't you literally can't do that in Battlefield. Right, but that's what I'm saying. That seems like a pretty I mean, that's very indicative of what you guys were talking about before and that they didn't have enough time to finish the game. Because if they did, that seems like a pretty simple if-then statement to put into your party matching, I don't know, algorithm or whatever you want to call it. I mean, there's lots of shit in Battlefield 4 that is, that's fucked up. And I'm talking about them it's makes me bad. angry and makes me forget why I like this game and makes me think that it should get like a fucking five or something. Right. right. Because their business model is <laughs> shitty and their complete disregard for the customer experience releasing the game in the state they did is shitty. Um, yep. and, and yet it, when you're in a game that works you're like this is pretty so awesome like we were all on the couch like just yelling yeah. at the TV because it was fucking awesome <laughs> it was. and like Battlefield 4 <laughs> is a game that single handedly justifies the voice command record function on the Xbox <laughs> yeah. like um, when you fired an RPG 7 at a jeep that was coming at you it exploded behind the guy by hitting a pillar because you were underneath a dock and destroyed the driver but didn't destroy the jeep i mean like that those are those pure battlefield moments that people always talk about that don't exist in any other game and being able to record them like you said on the xbox one is awesome but the game has to work before you can get there right and i mean you can do it on on playstation 4 as well it's just a slightly more cumbersome process sure but whatever like the point being that like that kind of stuff feels really cool and yeah. makes you remember why you like it, but the second that you you get away from Battlefield or you can't get into a match because it's broken, like yep, it is th- one of the most infuriating releases this year. Um, so sad. So, Battlefield. Battlefield. I should just play Blacklight. <laughs> well, uh, PlayStation Four. Everybody should play Blacklight. <laughs> I just think it's weird that they released their map packs so close together because at least like I think one of the things Call of Duty does right about it. Is that they space it out long enough that when it comes out, it almost feels like an event. By the what do they time it like, happens, what do they give like, like three months? Yeah, they wait. Yeah, like they three have like months, one, and there's like another three months between right. them. They have so they're one spaced out to the point where not only do you feel like like uh, like it's an event, but it also it doesn't make you feel like oh, so all this shit was ready and they're just kind of dropping it on us out of nowhere. Right, like, <laughs> even so, if like, it was Second Assault was there day one. That's yeah. fucked up. Yeah. Like it was ready. Yeah. They're gonna sell it to you. I mean, it's. I'm not annoyed with the number of maps that are in Battlefield Four. No, I think like it's a ten good. maps, like they're huge. Yep, there's a pretty good variety, even if some of them suck. Like not every map Levolution. is gonna be awesome. Um, but what they're doing, like to make more money right out of the gate, is harming like the player population of the game right away. Uh, and it's fucked up. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's, well, it's when business reasons trump, uh, I don't know, stability and player player experience. experience yeah. Um, Lame. Yeah. So, fucking, fucking, fucking. <laughs> um, which is uh, ameliorated somewhat by, say, playing Super Mario 3D World. Oh my god! Yeah, I can't wait. I've had it at home for. God, like two weeks. I haven't had. So, You're so an idiot. here's so he, <laughs> no, so know. here's how far I am out of the out of the the Nintendo anything. Uh, is this a 3DS game or a Wii U game? No, it's a Wii U game. Okay, so, Matt, so I'm definitely fair, not going to play it. When I when I heard everyone talking about it, I thought yeah. this was a was a 3DS game as well. Uh, it's okay. the follow up to so, Super Mario 3D Land, which was a 3DS game, which was a 3D game. Uh, yeah, okay, so, but it, it what it is basically is it's it's 
got a similar vibe to the new Super Mario Brothers games that are released on Wii, except now that it's three-dimensional. Yeah. So to an extent where it's like the levels, you can't quite ever rotate the camera the way that you could, say, in Mario 64 all the way around you. Right. But you can, you can change the camera a little bit to offer you different angles on the environments. And obviously it being 3D, it doesn't have the, uh, you know, it's not just side-scrolling platforming that you're doing. You're actually having to wor- worry about the depth of objects and stuff and, like that. Sure. Which, and just to, you know, hey, we've done that in other Mario games, but... To throw it out there, like, the, the one complaint I have about it is that the depth perception stuff is really difficult to manage. Yes, and it, it is. Fuck, man, I'm so glad someone else agrees with me on that. <laughs> There's been a couple of missions where they do, like, the SNES-style, like, assault on, like, a train or assault on a caravan going down a road. And it's like a camera panning very like slowly across, but you can't stop your progression through it. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> I will miss jumps and stuff because I'm like, fuck, man. I thought that I was like in line with that, and I was not at all. So it does have issues with that. Well, and that that's that's, that's kind of a serious thing to say about a Mario game, where being able to jump from one point. One, <laughs> I have had a lot to drink. Where jumping from one point to another is pretty important. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> Ahead, it's an Arthur. issue. No, I mean, go ahead. <coughs> uh, we're stumbling all over each other, stupid me, internet. I choose you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but I, I think that it is, a, it, it is problematic when it happens, but I would say those cases are overridden but mostly by, like, the fact that it's still super charming Mario, and it's hitting, like, in all the right spots where it reminds me of the way that I was when I played Super Mario World. Mm. Uh, for SNES because it's very similar. It's very hitting on a lot of those notes. The Koopa Kids are back. Mm-hmm. The 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 overworld is very similar. Even the lands you go to are very similar. And there's like art choices they make that are very similar. And it's just it's like it's just a delight. And the and the cat suit is awesome. Yes, the cat suit is, <laughs> so is amazing. I will say that even seeing videos of the cat suit kind of mis- kind of made me wish I had the game to play. I, f- I mean, I feel like it's got pretty much everything that's been in a Mario game over the last four years. Like, it's got the coin heads it. from uh, New Super Mario Brothers 2 on 3DS last year. Um, it's got cannon heads. It's got, like, Tanuki suits. The Boomerang Brothers suit? Pretty cool. It's awesome. Um, uh, the one ahead. thing that I did notice that I'm not sure... Well, I guess uh, that I didn't necessarily like... So if you die a lot in a level, it gives you the pity Tanuki suit, which is like, <laughs> which is like uh, you know, you you literally can't die. It makes you invincible, and oh, you can really? run into guys and they're damaged. Wow! So I, I had no idea. So the first time it appeared, I was like, "Cool, Angel Tanuki suit. I'm the coolest." And then I was like, "Wait, why? Why can I just bump into guys?" And then I realized it's it's literally just like the you equivalent. You suck. <laughs> yeah, it's like the equivalent of like when you play. What game was it where if you died enough, it was like, do you want to skip this level? It's a lot. I forget. What, yeah. uh, I Donkey like Kong. And didn't Alan Wake like offer to reduce the difficulty and oh, lots of games? Ninja Gaiden yeah. does that. Got a Ninja Gaiden does it. Yeah. Um, I think I think uh, Explosion Man though might have specifically been like uh, you can skip the level. Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, that's accurate. Um, and so it, it's kind of like their version of that. But you still get to see the content, which I guess is at least nice. But uh, <laughs> I would say overall, this game isn't really that difficult, which is fine with me. Like yeah. I just like play through the levels, and the difficulty comes in whether or not you want to try and get all three stars, which of course I do because they're usually stars. hidden in really smart ways. Mm. And uh, 
but and you'll need to come back with certain suits too like you like it reinforces the idea of replay value on some of those maps yeah and it's interesting because like they break up the longer maps too with like small little maps on the campaign map which are like really quick battles versus one little mini boss and it's for one star and and it's just like something you knock out in a minute and it's just like a palate cleanser between that and hitting up the next level in the world what is your mic scraping against? Yep. It sounds like you're eating with it. <laughs> oh, sorry. I got to not move as much. So yeah, I'll, it... I'll be more lethargic when I talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm moving my hands. Um, yeah, too bad I won't get to play this game because fuck the Wii U. Wow. Strong words Damn. for Matt Shannon. Eh? I've been. Uh, I, I have never. Like, the, the la- I, I can't think of any time in my life where I've wanted a console less. Ouch. I, I mean, right now. Wii U's lap is really strong right now. I I would rather have a Wii U than a Vita. Yeah, yeah. I don't want a Vita either. But well, I mean, it's, granted, that's a low bar. But yeah, no. I'm saying it's like uh, if you have a limited budget to spend, you know, like let's say you have three hundred or four hundred bucks of Christmas and or birthday Hanukkah money burning in your pocket, like the Wii U is going to be a mistake. Disagree. I mean, if you get a really? Wii U this Christmas or whatever, like if you get a Wii, yeah, U but now, you're gonna have you're gonna have like two or three games. You're gonna have Zelda and you're gonna have Mario, and then what? What's gonna happen in a year? Um, sure, Bayonetta but, two, Zombie U, Nintendo Land, Pikmin, uh, Wind Waker Wind HD, Waker, Mario. Super Mario 3D Land. Yeah, none of none of those things are um, good enough for me. Right, and for the, you, I, okay, but, so that's that's fine. Like I'm, I don't dispute the fact that it's not for you, but no. right now, like there are more games to play on a Wii U than there are on a PS4. And yes. there are more games. There are more games to play on a Wii U than there are on an Xbox one. And that's like the Xbox one has a lot of exclusives like out of the gate. But that's, but, that's kind of my point though, is that you're, you know, you said a couple times right now, right? My console purchase is going to be the thing that's going to have to last me for the next five to six years. Is the okay. Wii U going to be the one that's going to last no, me five not. to six years? It's not at all. Unless, uh, as I was this weekend that just passed, like, I'm fucking burned out on all the awful shit, like all the dark oh fucking God. murdery bullshit <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> that is comprised like every fucking game this year. And yeah. I've like, I've liked a lot of games this year, sure. but fuck, everything has been a real downer. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. everything is morally compromised. And I say that with air quotes around it. Everything I know what is you mean. dark. Everything is quote sophisticated, which really yep. just means everyone is shitty. Right, like, like after, sure. like no. it's it's the George R. R. Martin version of yeah. writing. Killzone Shadowfall was like the fucking nihilism capper on a pretty downer <laughs> year for shooters, right. and rolling from that into Zelda was fantastic. And yeah. then rolling from fucking playing Battlefield and playing some Call of Duty and playing all this other bullshit, and then rolling into Mario was a real refreshing change of pace. Sure, all that for other shit. for November of 2013. But, you know, what happens in, you know, November of 2014, which console is going to have the install base that's going to attract more third-party developers, which are going to hopefully, I'm not saying this is guaranteed, but hopefully break out of some of those doldrums. You're I not, mean, I mean, you're, there's, it's just not going to happen on the Wii U. Like, it's never, it is, I've, we're about to update our Wii U review on the site, and Russ Frushtake wrote a little bit 
And he said it is basically the GameCube again. It is pre-Wii right. Nintendo with the GameCube again. And right. Except even worse, because at least the GameCube got some games that came to PS2 and Xbox. Right. This yeah. will not get those games. <clears throat> right. right. So it's more like the Nintendo 64, even. Mm. But yeah. for some people, like, the Nintendo 64 was enough, like, because of those games, because of sure. Nintendo's stuff. And Nintendo's stuff does tend to have some decent replay value. I think that there are people for whom the Wii U is a system that they can latch onto. It's difficult for me to recommend it without heavy qualification. Right. But that's every system yeah. right now. I like feel the, that way with the Xbox. The only the only system out right now that I can recommend without qualification is a PS3 and a PS Plus subscription. Oh my god. Because but, yes. But but let's say but let's say you know somebody wants to buy a new console you know and the Wii right. U is the closest one that Nintendo has to that. And they're looking for something that's going to be, that's based on potential. And the Wii U doesn't have any potential to me. Right. The the PS4 and the Xbox 360, they have a lot of potential. The Wii U's got none. It's already done. It's over. It's just a different kind of potential. The Wii U does have potential because there is a Zelda game coming. There is a Smash Brothers coming. There is a new idea. It has potential if you like Nintendo first party exclusives. Yes. Right. In terms of third party stuff, Ubisoft took a risk with Zombie U and while a lot of people liked it. And it bit them right square in the ass. Yep. And you Mm. will never see a Ubisoft game again on Wii U after Assassin's 4. (laughs) You think? I don't think they're going to bother with Assassin's 5. I mean, they've already done the work. Like, if there's a current-gen, quote, version yeah. of Assassin's Creed Five, it'll appear that's, on Wii U. That's a good point, yeah. Because they've done the work. But, but you're it's gonna, right. it's going to start being less and less. Like, we'll see. Was Watch Dogs ever planned for Wii U? Ah, uh, there is. I think there is a Wii U version of Watch Dogs. Like, that'll be one. I don't think, like, we're not going to see the crew on Wii U. No, that's a next-gen game. Yeah. Like, the Division won't be on Wii U. No, like, as mm. Ubisoft moves forward rather than finishes off the shit that it was already doing, we are not going to see Wii U ports. Right, it's, it's very much like the Wii in that regard except the exclusives that Nintendo makes and that occasional third parties make for Wii U are yeah. maybe games that you're going to want to play <laughs> yeah I mean yeah that's the reason I own one but I would never recommend it and I will say though to switch it up for a second that if uh, if you happen to own a Vita and are tired of all of the, the the world is terrible things Tearaway is awesome so. That that's what I yeah I Let was watching uh, Ryan play that a game. bunch at Area Five and that game looked like super crazy charming and there's such an eye for detail like the fact that you know it is a papercraft world which is something that I you know people have made games before that have been designed around the idea that oh it's paper it's construction paper or it's toys or uh, you know like small little bits of things put <laughs> together uh, but it does simple things like. There will be cutouts of paper that will be on the ground. And, you know, like if you cut out a piece of construction paper and put it on like a flat surface, it doesn't lay exactly flat. So when your character runs over that that piece of paper that isn't exactly flat, it presses it against the ground and the shadow goes away. You know, just like they had such an eye, an eye for detail where everything that's in that game, it's like the developer really believed and thought about it being made out of paper and construction paper okay so my most important question for both of you right now is if i never liked the way that little big planet played or controlled am i going to dislike terror yeah i'm only talking about the way that it looks because i haven't uh, played it i think i think you'd probably be fine arthur only because Terraway is not like a side-scrolling platformer and i always felt like some of the side-scrollingness of little big planet and the way that they wanted you to like change between like the foreground and the background was problematic and they don't really do that, and this one, it's it's it is a the controls are much, are very different because they're really centralized around the idea of what the Vita 
can do. Like, like this, this is a game that's trying to make a case for like the extra Vita functionality. Like the sun is a regular character throughout the game. They always talk about, man, the sun's out. The sun is doing all these crazy things to the world. And every time the game like pans up to the sun, it's, it's you, using right? the front yeah. facing camera to put your <laughs> face there. So I always, so every time it does it, I always just out of instinct make really stupid faces because now it's like the sun, the sun just making really dumb faces. At the, the sun's face the stayed that way. <laughs> yeah. and, and but then it'll be like like the way the game opens is like you need to breach our two worlds and bring them together. So it like uses the back facing camera out of nowhere and shows you your room, and then when you shake it, their world slowly like rips into your into your room's background. And the reason that's cool is because then later on. Anytime you're using the bottom touch screen to like, there there's spots in the world that are like thin paper, like almost like uh, like a sketching paper, like or like tracing paper, and you can shove your fingers up on the bottom of the touch screen, the back touch screen of the Vita, and rip up through the paper and smash guys. And uh, when you do that, around the finger that pops up through the world, you can actually the background picture that appears around the edges of the tear is your room. As if, like, the camera is always perpetually taking that picture so that it can show it in those... There's some weird uh, shit happening in my living room right now, and I have no idea what's going on. I, I was asking Mitch to pass, me, to pass me my phone, but my phone has apparently fallen off Yeah, it fell on the floor. Oh, okay. It's well, way over there. That's so gone never forever mind. now. It's gone. Okay. No the cat ate it. Uh, so, I mean, what is the sort of gameplay conceit of this game? You are a messenger. You are a letter that's trying to reach the player... And you are, and so the, the, the message when it needs to reach the player is given life and turned into this character called Iota. So that's why your head's kind of boxy and looks like an omelet. Right, and if you're the, the girl, the you're a toy, which is Iota backwards because the male is default. Um, Get the, it? The face I'm making, sorry. It still well, doesn't the translate well to the game, is, the game actually. <laughs> it was a giant shit eating grin. It's just like real life. It wasn't, it was. The game actually t- asks you if you want to be male <laughs> well, or female. Course. And asks you if you as a person, like, it asks, like, do you like to be, do you consider yourself male or female? Like, I don't know. And it makes you pick your character based on how you want to look. So your gender, I don't even think, actually has to match the way that your character's, like, boy or girl sort of body concept looks. Um, And, but, uh, but the basic gameplay is just, like, get this guy from point A to B. Much like a Mario game, except that it's involving a lot of Vita mechanics. So one might involve where you have to, like, make sure that he stays balanced on a roller that's kind of, that you then push from the back screen, rip up your finger through, and push the roller with your finger. So one finger is one hand is like moving the roller with your finger. The other one's actually like guiding him along the top of it as he walks. So, but I think it's mostly just the music and the art and like Matt said, the attention to detail with it that really like sells the world and makes it like such a delightful game. Yeah, I mean. I could do it delightful. Yeah. It's it's been a fall where delight is yeah. is in short supply. Right. Yeah. The, you mean the the assassination moves in rise? Right. You want to talk about the game? Wait, before, we, you before we do that, Anthony, you have played Kills on Shadowfall. Yeah. I played oh. a little so bit. tell me what right. you think about Kills on Shadowfall because I'm sure that there are people who listen to this podcast as a Killzone person after like Mitch and I's like dumping on that game would like to hear your opinion on it. As someone ta- who is super into Killzone. I think I talked about it a little bit last week. Um, but basically, I just found it really boring. And I think it's because a peacetime Killzone, first off, is not a Killzone I want to know. Like, the Killzone, <laughs> I, the Killzone I always wanted to play was 
where two giant, relatively equal superpowers were at war. And so I was getting caught up in conflicts that were on like an incredibly massive scale and being like one soldier in gigantic battlefield skirmishes, almost like that feeling that I get when I see certain parts of a movie like Saving Private Ryan, which I'm not saying they're equivalent. Let me fi- let me finish. But I mean, like, <laughs> sure. I mean, like in the sense that like that part in Saving Private Ryan where where they like knock over the wall on accident and they're standing there having that intense like standoff, and then the guys above them just happen to be there and kill those dudes for them. And and I felt like the worlds that Killzone established previously felt like a world where you could bump into things like that because it's just a bunch of units that are all kind of separated, fulfilling their own missions. And it's and so you were just a part of a larger conflict, and I really liked that. I liked that it reminded me of World War II in some respects. And now I'm like in this super futuristic, and it sure is a pretty world. Yeah. But it's like, well, here I am. I'm a spy guy. Don't want to get caught because I'm gonna have to set off an alarm and then fucking work to turn it off. I'm like, turning off an alarm is not kill zone. Like that's the <laughs> fucking splinter cell thing. Like, yeah, I but, turn uh, off- but some, for somebody who's played all of the kill zones, how does it? Play. I mean, it's it's still heavy, like a Killzone game is, but like it's a I feel like better. the setting is so much of the reason I liked Killzone mm. that I, that I can't that like fighting the guy is amongst like trees, yeah, and like some very light cliffs and stuff. I don't even feel like the level, like in general, the levels have been designed well to have like cover because even though Killzone's not exactly a cover game, it's always had that mechanic where if you ducked behind cover and then aimed, you did the natural snap out of it. Yeah. yeah. And I don't even feel like a lot of the environments have been designed for that. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? Like, who, what were you guys thinking? Well, and it even seemed like when the the short time that I was watching Arthur play that there were times where, like, why isn't this doing that? Why isn't this covered? This looks like it should be tall enough or wide enough or whatever, and it just isn't because it isn't. Like, somebody forgot to put in that particular, I don't know, uh trigger or collision detection or something on this object so it doesn't work even though it really really feels like it should yeah Killzone is not a stealth game and they try and make you play too much of that game like a stealth game mm. and it sucks so <laughs> there you go there you I go don't e- I, I got like three missions into it and I don't even have any desire to go back oh, man. So. yeah I got six in and I bailed I, just, I, so. that game's, I think <laughs> yeah. the story more than anything broke me. Like, yes, uh, the combat's boring, but that story is just abhorrent. I oh, yeah, like, I, I don't even so- pay attention to the story. Like, I literally will pull up my phone or something and be like, wait for this <laughs> dump to be over. And like, <laughs> like, I have the same routine during a Killzone cutscene that I do when I go to take a shit. <laughs> So wow! <laughs> you shit your pants while Killzone comes on. <laughs> uh, that's the reaction that I had to some of it. Um, yeah. And going from that, uh, I feel very similarly as I did to Killzone about Call of Duty Ghosts. Ugh, really? Um, I'm about oh, five missions in. Me too. Um, Probably around the same place. And that is the most boring, predictable, mm. underwhelming fucking Call of Duty game I've ever played. Everything about it is it's so... edgy. So the combat itself is very straightforward. It's very Call of Duty. But it's not even straightforward. Like, there's just nothing to do. Yes. So like, you look at... It, it is the epitome of what people think Call of Duty is, which it's, is it's left like, trigger, right trigger, roll credits. It's a parody. Yeah. Yes. What do you mean there's nothing to do? Like, you just, you walk forward, and there's dudes in the distance, and you hold the left trigger, and it zooms in, and you shoot them, and that's it. Like, Sometimes no, you press up to use a super weapon to kill them all at once. There's no <laughs> there's no dynamism in the level design. They're very straightforward. It's very much tunnels. 
Uh, the set the, pieces? Do they feel like set pieces? They're like I'm. I'm fucking set pieced out in I Call mean, of Duty games. I, like I it's, mean, I, yeah, but I mean that was always their hallmark, right? Is that like even if some of the areas in between the set pieces were bullshit, you could at least count no, on an awesome set. They've piece. they've run out of interesting set pieces to make to the mm. point where they're reusing animations from previous Call of Duty games <laughs> for story moments in this one, <laughs> uh, and also like. Like what, can, can you can you remember an example? I just want to know. Like they literally pulled something from Modern Warfare Two, I think, or well, from Modern they, Warfare Three. They started with something as a base, and then they made adjustments to it. Right. Yeah, um, so. But like every modern Call of Duty game is the same. Yeah. Like they all have the same fucking set pieces. They do the same futuristic bullshit at times. It is it's fucking boring, and I am totally burned out on. On every piece of sort of like world drama that they try to do, like it's not, it doesn't mean anything to me that they're destroying San Diego. No, like it doesn't mean shit. It doesn't mean anything that cliffs are exploding or there, there's a giant yeah. crater there. Like they rob all of it of any meaning or impact. Even when I'm fighting on the beaches of Santa Monica, which is a place I've spent a significant amount of time. Like I it's, just, it, I have no emotional connection to that game at all. Yeah, and it's just, yeah. it's mind numbing. I think a. Uh, I I probably don't dislike it quite as much either, but I will say that, and I, I should clarify, I don't really like it, but, uh, like, uh, I did like the opening scene in space just because I thought that that got sort of the visual spectacle really well, because maybe because I'm just, uh, maybe because I'm just biased towards space. It right, was also, but it's, you were just waiting for Kerbals to so fly here, by. Here's, here's the thing about that space mission. It is the exact same as the water mission. Okay. Uh, see, I haven't gotten to the water ago. mission yet. I haven't but, uh, either, but I've seen it, and it's the same fucking thing. So which is I, a guided experience where you shoot a different kind of gun. Aww, I will give I will give Anthony this that the space mission actually does feel different from everything else, and that's been the fucking peak of the yeah, entire game. And, game's and that's how I felt that when I first put out a tweet that said like Call of Duty, not bad so far. It was because I had played the space mission in like ten minutes. I was like, okay, not bad. And then. Uh, and then, and then after that, the I got to the part Arthur was talking about where I felt more funneled than ever. But not only, like, all Call of Duty games, to some extent, are, you know, obviously a funnel. Um, but usually they allow you to, like, work up a flank on some guys and stuff like exactly. this. Exactly. Like you this have one, to kill dudes in certain, like, you have to kill guys in a certain order. Hmm. Yeah, like, there's a mission you do later on that's, like, in the past. And, you're, and it starts off with you following a tank. And if you do not follow your guys from cover to cover... You are just dead, but it doesn't really tell you that until you just keep dying over and over again. Because yeah. I was like, I'm going to move up on these guys. Flank. That, uh, death like, is nah. the only language it speaks. It did that, it, but it's yeah. done that in other Call of Duties, right? And it's done yes. then too. Yes, and it it has done that, and I feel like the difference here is just that it does it way, way more to the point where it's really noticeable. And I feel mm-hmm. like other ones were more peppered in, whereas this is like every two minutes in a level. It's like it's hard to explain, I guess, other than it just feels off. Because it just feels so much more controlled than even a normal so, Call of Duty game. Um, the first time you take control of Riley, um, when you have to... or not, It's like the level where you take control of Riley the dog. There's a part where it's the first time that you're taking out two people. And so there's the scientist, like, like hazmat-suited guy outside of a fence, and a guard that turns around and goes inside. And you kill the, the guard first, and then it says for you to bark is Riley. It's when it tells you Rough. you can bark. Uh, so I did this part four or five times because I would bark and the guy would come over and he would see me and he would fucking shoot me. Uh, and then I realized that I needed to stay out of his view for long enough for the game to decide to tell me I'll take that one and kill him. Mm-hmm. Like, which it never, like it never says bark and get his attention and I'll kill him. It just says bark and get his attention. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I get. I guess the difference is that like Call of Duty's always had those moments, but I would say this feels closer to the first Medal of Honor than it does other Call of Duty games. This actually reminds and, me an awful lot of Homefront. <sighs> yeah, or Homefront. Yeah, but both Homefront and the, and the Gross. first Medal of Honor. You know, you were constantly waiting for X dude to kick open door or right. X dude to unveil the client it, spot. Like, and this is a lot I, of that. You are waiting for someone to do something for and you. It's, you are following people. And like Homefront, no it's it's post apocalyptic America porn. Like where it's Americans like back from the brink. It's like we're an outnumbered force. We got to be insurgents. And hey, there are those foreign dudes that we make that are easily identifiable by the fact that they speak different from us. And I, it's it's just it's it's a shitty game. Like it's not particularly good looking on PS4 or Xbox One. Uh, it's super boring to play. It is the most aggressively linear and idiotic Call of Duty design-wise and story-wise that I've ever played, and I say this as someone who refused to finish Black Ops 2 because I was disgusted. <laughs> um, have you have you played multiplayer at all? No, I have played no multiplayer, and like there are people online telling me that it's the best the multiplayer's been in a long time, so I'll probably mm. give it a shot. I, I, I've heard, and I've heard both. I've heard that like Black Ops 2 is the pinnacle, and this game is just an also-ran... I think Infinity Ward is better at designing maps than Treyarch is, mm-hmm. because I think the Treyarch is really bad about creating uh, spots that are too easy for people to camp, and you just can't get past them. Uh, and Infinity <laughs> Ward is a little better about that, but I don't have high hopes. Uh, it functioning would be a good step up from Battlefield, uh, and that's and as far as I know, they've that's had no sad. problems whatsoever. I've heard sure, nothing. and there is definitely a very active player base on Xbox One, which is where yeah. I would play. Like there are like three hundred and fifty or four hundred thousand people on the leaderboards already. They're always, uh, yeah. That's <clears> one thing that Call of Duty has not had a problem with for a very long time is server stability and the. Uh, access to multiplayer games. No, the closest thing to a debacle that Call of Duty has had over the last few years was in 2007 when Xbox Live got crushed because Microsoft yeah. sold way more Xboxes than they expected to. Mm. Uh, and when uh, Elite launched in 2011, it didn't work. Right. But exactly. the game has always worked. So that's a plus. But yeah, I, Ghost is bad. Mm. I really hope that, that eventually other studios stop fucking lifting Call of Duty's gameplay model wholesale because it succeeds because the fucking gameplay model in Call of Duty campaigns is not why it sells well it, like people play it out of momentum but that's yeah. not like it, it is not a piece of good design anymore like it is it is bad design it's bad story it's bad everything like I and they just can, I think it can be good at story and other things. <clears throat> just because one game doesn't do it right doesn't mean I don't think any of the games have done it right for a long, long time. Well, like Modern Warfare Two's story right. was idiotic. Yeah, I know, but I mean, I thought that Black Ops and Black Ops Two did a pretty good job of of campaign storytelling, especially when they were trying to. And I should preface everything I say again by that Area Five has done work for Activision. Right, they've paid us money. It's the kind of thing that I feel like I should say every time we talk um, about Activision. To stuff. the people who say that Black Ops Two had good campaign design, I point out the barrel part. Um, True. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, no, that, that's that's Black Ops One, and it had yeah, it that's did Bla- have, yeah the barrel yeah. part. 
Uh, Black Ops 2 had you writing next to Manuel Noriega so they can fuck off. Like, there's a lot that is just completely odious about Black Ops 2. Modern Warfare 3, like, was just boring, and it was four hours long. Yeah. I don't know, man. One problem in a campaign design, though, as far as, like, a barrels part and stuff, does not ruin the entire thing. No, no. but it's indicative of their general inability to communicate objectives without actually just putting one a marker time. on something. <laughs> Again, no, like, one time. These, the infinity, the, the, the Treyarch solution to level design is to put a marker on it. And, What's the barrel thing? Uh, the part where you have to rush and puncture the barrels with your knife and kick them over, the napalm part in Vietnam. I don't remember that at all. You would yeah, know it I if remember. you saw it. I don't remember having a problem with it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, our reviewer spent an hour on that at IGN. Damn. But yeah, clearly that didn't happen to me. Clearly, like, I just got right past it because I don't really remember it. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't think that, and I mean, you can say that Black Ops and Black Ops 2 were fine. Okay, they certainly weren't, like, genre-defining in no, any way. No, they were not Modern no. Warfare. Right. Um, and the series' single-player hasn't been genre I don't even think Modern Warfare was Modern Warfare the way that people think of no, it. Oh, you're an insane uh, yeah, person. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, that, Modern Warfare is the game that is single-handedly, like, defined the, this yeah, generation. It's the reason first-person shooters are the way they are. It, yeah, but I mean, like, you, do you... I mean, if you were to go back and play the Modern Warfare 1 campaign, would you be like, oh, this is the, the best campaign? No, it's a Call of Duty campaign, and the reason that you would not think that is because you've played 10,000 games like it because mm-hmm. they were carbon copies. Of something yep. that was done new and different, and it felt fresh, and it was entertaining, and at the time it was something that you had never seen before, yeah. or at least not to that degree and not to that spectacle. And maybe that that might be one that I need to play again, but like I still don't remember Modern Warfare One I mean, campaign now, even in, even in effect. But I don't even remember context. it then affecting me. Like context is everything. Context I don't remember. Sure, but I don't remember playing Modern Warfare 1 and being blown away by it and That's thinking fair. that it was anything special. I think that if you if you go back and read some of the reviews and watch some of the reviews from 2007 and look at the way that people were talking about that game, it was a revelation for first-person shooter design. Yeah. I felt like the revelation was in multiplayer, not even in single-player. It, like, it, it was both. both. It was oh. a perfect storm. Like It hit at exactly the right moment. That was the fucking game, man. Oh my god, Modern Warfare was so good. Love it, bah. but yeah, I ghost ghosts not good. Like the campaign and I haven't played multiplayer. The multiplayer might be really good. The campaign and ghosts is it's just it's boring. It is really excessively boring. Um, but it's not in a way that's worse than Battlefield. <coughs> like I felt okay finishing Battlefield, but I just don't give a shit about finishing ghosts. I feel Battlefield mm. felt a little more physically present, and Ghost feels very sterile and very plastic yeah. in a way the Battlefield wasn't. Um, Battlefield is stupider. Like, the script and the acting and everything in Battlefield <laughs> oh my God. is stupider. Are you kidding stupider. me? There's some fucking garbage like the, in the Call of Duty script. The delivery in Ghosts <laughs> is bad, but the script oh in my God. Battlefield is so, Dad, so bad. Dad, you are them the whole time. A wolf has to chew his own <laughs> leg off to survive. Not twice. Twice. I think the moral of the story is is that like they both have really bad writing. Yeah, sure. Every first-person shooter this year has been terrible. Going back to the earlier topic of of the idea that Black Ops has bad level design because they have to point out where something is. Actually, I'm thinking that I don't know if that's a sign of bad level design as much as that you notice that that happens because almost every shooter and game I can think of puts a tag on something that's interactable 
and flashes or 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 it just fucking puts the Stanley Parable Adventure line down and leads you directly to it. So I think it's I think it's mostly that it's noticeable. That's a sign that it's bad. I'm thinking. Mm. It should hide it from you. You should never even think about the fact that it does that. It should um, just make sense in context with the environment and the story. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Ideally. Or if it does, or if it does have a flashing thing on it, you don't even think about it because it's such a minor thing in the game. Other than like, if you're already having a bad time, and you see that, and you're like, "Well, f- fuck it all." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, I've um, I've been playing a ton of Baldur's Gate Two Enhanced Edition. And uh, this is like the fifth time that I've played Baldur's Gate 2. So, you know, I was looking forward to this release. And uh, this is one of those instances where uh, I keep expecting people to realize the mistakes of the past and undo them. And they don't. And uh, the biggest uh, exemplar of that is the pathing system in Baldur's Gate 2. It's like... They didn't improve it at all. The fact that you can select your party members and that you can right-click on them to go somewhere, to move somewhere, and they all get really confused if somebody goes through like a single path, uh, like a door that only one person can fit through, and then everybody else is like, oh, this door is blocked, and they've blocked my path, therefore I'm going to try to go around, even though you've revealed the map and they know there's no way around, and they all try to walk a different way. And it's like, okay, that was fine when this game came out. But it's not fine anymore. Which was one? Was that 2001? Something like that. 2001 or 2003. It was, yeah, it was at least, it was like a decade ago. And I, I guess I thought that when Beamdog took this on and that they were going to release this, that they would fix some of the fundamental issues that were plaguing Baldur's Gate. And but to that's their not credit, the purpose of an HD remake, right? Well, well, to to their credit, they did fix a lot of stuff. Like, uh, if you downloaded, you know, I remember. 2006, downloading a bunch of Baldur's Gate 2 community patches and everything that fixed all the bugs and corrected all the quests that didn't have proper ends and that <laughs> kind of, and you know unlocked hidden content that shouldn't have been locked in the first place and all that kind of stuff and you know made it work. And uh, to its credit, Baldur's Gate 2 Enhanced Edition adds all of that <laughs> stuff and all that stuff is in there and it works and it's great. And Baldur's Gate most, 2 was 2000. That is a 13-year-old game. Right. And so, but there are a couple things, like specifically the pathing, uh, that make this game extremely frustrating to play. And so Baldur's Gate 2 rides a lot on Enhanced Edition, rely, relies on nostalgia for its player base. And it's not going to make a whole lot of new fans, uh, because uh, I think that there are still issues to its control scheme that are just flat out broken. So that, is ju- this that just could get you across in 2000, but don't they they don't hold up in 2013. So should I not bother with this? I've never played Baldur's Gate 2, but it's one of those things I don't that think it's a game that's aged play. particularly well. The funny thing uh, the, see the funny thing is is I actually kind of disagree with Arthur. Um I'm still shocked. <laughs> <laughs> there is a ton to love about this game because it is crazy, crazy epic. It's the kind of RPG that when people say that they want an RPG, this is what they want in terms of story. Right. You know, it's like if you st- it like added it. Part of the problem is that it's so faithful to the AD and D rules. The second um, edition, yeah. Yeah. 
part of the part of its benefit is that it's so faithful to the rules. It's so faithful to the rules to the point that if you are a ranger, uh, there's a mission which eventually gets you to a ranger cabin, and that and that whole territory and the forest around it kind of becomes your domain that you have to protect. And there's missions huh. around that. If you're a fighter, you end up with a keep, and the keep you have to manage from an assault, you know. that Also, uh, it will kill you at the fucking drop of a hat. It will very much so kill you at the drop of the hat if you don't do the right things and prepare the right spells before every single encounter. It is it, goddamn it is, ruthless. It is very ruthless and very brutal. That sounds not appealing at all. But, the, <laughs> but, you know, it's like, that's the thing, though, it, that all the stuff that surrounds some of its basic mechanical issues is so good. It's, I don't know. It's, it's so good. And playing people, it was like, like having a Terminator for a DM. <laughs> <laughs> that does create issues, yes. Uh, because you can literally go anywhere in the game, like right from the beginning, and you will get fucking slaughtered if you go to the wrong place. Um, because unlike a DM, it doesn't do a great job of guiding you where you need to go first, second, third, fourth, or whatever. And they've corrected some of that in, in Enhanced Edition by giving you NPCs that have some starting items that are really beneficial <laughs> and quests that like can lead you to places that will help you get some items that are kind of necessary toward your enjoyment of the game. Um, that being said, this uh, just like Baldur's Gate 2 was over Baldur's Gate 1 back in the day, Baldur's Gate 2 Enhanced Edition over Baldur's Gate 1 Enhanced Edition is a much more playable game, I think. Um, right, well, Enhanced Edition of Baldur's Gate 1 was broken. Yes. Like, it was totally fucked up. It was really bad. Like, it had a lot of bugs and issues that, like, I couldn't believe weren't fixed from even the original Baldur's Gate. I have not ran run into any of those with 2nd Edition. And I'm playing on my MacBook. You know, I was just able to just download the the Mac version of the game and it's been running great. Um, but yeah, I mean the, there is the, what I, what I keep remarking, uh, to myself while I'm playing this is just how much content is there. You know, it's like, uh, a lot of people really loved Dragon Age Origins because the amount of content that it held as opposed to Dragon Age 2. Yeah. Uh, Dragon Age 2 actually had a lot of dialogue-driven content, and uh, I think it's a lot more—it's a lot harder to appreciate that as opposed to spatial content. And uh, Baldur's Age, nope. Baldur's Age, Baldur's Gate <laughs> 2 has a lot of spatial content, as a lot of as well as a lot of dialogue-driven content and a lot of story-driven content, and uh, it's. You feel like you are on an epic fucking adventure, and there are a lot of RPGs that I feel don't really match that experience. There's so many. I'm just imagining an epic fucking adventure. Sorry. I know. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, every that's Friday. a whole new thing. Every Friday. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, like, there if if I. For people who are fans of RPGs and you want to see something that happened 13 years ago now that uh, really defined what Bioware has done since then, I think it's worth picking up. And if the combat is really too frustrating to you, fucking just engage the cheat codes and go through it that way. Because like the, the world and the world and the storytelling is worth experiencing on its own. Are they in the enhanced edition? Do the cheats work? Yep, they all work. As do most of the, as do like almost all of the mods from like the old Ballers Gate Two and everything. So, huh? Yeah, How does that you, work. That's um, interesting. 
Well, you know, people have added in uh, custom NPCs and missions and weapons and all kinds of crap. Into I think that you game. could use Baldur's Gate very, very as content content creation, right? Huh. Yes. Uh, yeah. um, really quick, is this just uh, Shadows of Am or is Throne of Ball included? It's all of them together. It's Throne of Ball, Watchers Keep. That's a lot um, of fucking content. Yeah, a big ass game. It is fucking crazy. It, if this is a game that you, if you complete this game in less than I don't know. 40 hours, you've seen maybe 25% of this game. Dang. It is nuts. And, you know, one of my favorite cheats codes actually is that uh, you can speed up time because it's very frustrating the amount of walking that you do in this game before you can get to the end of, uh, before you can get to like a map transition that you're on. And uh, the one thing that I've never been able to do in Baldur's Gate that I've always wanted to do, and I've never been able to get anybody to do with me because of the commitment involved, is multiplayer. Yeah, that's uh, asking a lot. And uh, it's funny because I remember uh, talking at 1UP back in the day, talking to Jen Sao about this, and one of her fondest gaming memories ever was playing Baldur's Gate multiplayer with some of her friends the entire way through. And uh, I get that. Like, I think it would be a lot of fun to play with people if you could have, you know, some sort of regular gaming commitment where everybody could get together and do this. That's bananas. I know. And uh, the Enhanced Edition games, one, but especially two, apparently the multiplayer is really well done. And it was a really crazy, awful mess to try to get working, you know, back in 2000. So, I don't know. Anyway, if you're interested in it from a historical perspective, I think it's worth getting. But I think it's also worth getting just to compare what RPGs do today compared to what RPGs were reaching for back then, which is a truly immersive role-playing experience. Um, okay, on that note, uh, I know Mitch has more stuff to talk about, and I have more stuff to talk about. So why don't we take a break, and then we'll come back and talk about more games. <laughs> that sound is empty. We're so back. Uh, um, I don't really have any more games that I played necessarily a lot, do, but I do. We were going to talk about, you know, I have had my PS4, and it's the only next-gen console I currently have. Yeah. Um, so how's that? How's that but, treating you? Well, I, 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 I bought a couple more games. I bought Battlefield 4. It's still sitting shrinkwrapped, and uh, I want to leave it that way. I for bought, a little bit. I bought Assassin's Creed 4, and I played some AC4, and it opens up, and I'm like, yeah, shooting cannonballs. I'm okay with this. <laughs> and then now I'm now I'm on the dumb shit where it's like, follow this guy but don't get seen. I'm like I've done this before. I hate it. So. Um, if yeah. you use eagle vision on those parts and pick them out, you can see them through walls. See, I think I think the bigger thing for me is now after playing it, like I just really want the pirate stuff, which is actually why I'm I'm. I don't know. It's weird to say I haven't been excited for a mobile game in a while, but that AC mobile game actually looks really cool. It is just pirate combat. It is just it's pirate boats combat. On boats. Yes, that's it. And it looks it looks very pretty. It is so on, on. Pirates, the combat game. Wait, are we talking about the companion? 
No, this is Assassin's Creed no. Pirates, a standalone mobile. Oh, game. that's super. It's hot. out next week. Oh, and it's very, okay. it's extremely pretty. It, it's like one of those games where you're like, that's a mobile game. It actually <laughs> makes you say that. So. Yeah, it looks really cool. Um, um, but so anyways, anyways, like, t- I want to, I, I want to know about Killer Instinct because I'm thinking about getting an Xbox One, and obviously I'm going to download it because I can. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so. And uh, some people are pretty good with, I say, Jago. Do you? Or Jago? Yeah, that's you, you said that's Jago right? earlier. I said, I say Jago. Okay, now you're stabbing me in the back saying you say Jago. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. So it's probably Jago. I think it says Jago during the game. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, people, doesn't the game say the name? Yeah. There are people who are are clearly only using Jago oh, and are really fucking good with them. How about them. that? Uh, like, that are going through the entire tutorial, that are learning how to play the game. Cause, the dojo is fucking great uh, in that game. It's hmm. so good. And I say this because I spent, like, about 20 minutes getting worked by a, a dude playing Jago earlier. You beat him once? I beat him once out of five times. Those were great matches, um, that's, they were all That's a 20% great. ratio. I didn't feel bad, really, about any of those no. matches, yeah. but I, he, he kicked my ass pretty soundly <laughs> for several of them. Um so I have the full version, so like I have all the characters, and the, I like using Saber Wolf. Um, but people are using Jago, and they're going through the dojo, which is basically walking you through the the full basics and more advanced sort of elements of Killer Instinct. Yeah, and it's clearly doing its job because people are getting really fucking good with Jago. <laughs> um, it is a really there is a really sophisticated uh, combo system that's easy to grasp in concept, but requires some actual skill <clears throat> or practice at least to use. Um, well, that's what felt so good about the original, of course, is that like when you would start executing a combo, you would, you would really have to like, I can totally hear you messing with your hair. Anthony. It sounds like you've got a plastic bag and you're like crumpling. It. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all right. But it was like, um, it, that's the way that the first game felt, you know, the SNES version was that like you would execute uh, uh, the beginning of a combo, and it's like, can I keep this going? Oh, can I keep this going even longer? Can I keep this going even longer? And then, like, the skill would come in, like, how long you can repeat the same movement over and over and over again without fucking it up. So, a lot of the, the sort of basic combo structure and the way that stuff locks into each other is very similar to the way it was in Killer Instinct, but I think where it builds is everything that happens between those combos, because mm-hmm. Killer Instinct Classic, as it's called now, because if you buy the really good quote version of killer instinct on xbox one you get the arcade version of that for free yeah um it it was about doing these combos what the fuck are you grinning at you're freaking me out because he was rubbing his hands on his face made a dope okay. <laughs> there's a giant anthony face on the tv doing uh, very weird sorry things. it's all right so <laughs> the thing about it is like the combo system from the original killer instinct was pretty good and it's intact here but Everything that happened in between was really clunky and kind of shitty. Yeah. Uh, on the original, and in this, it actually feels like a fighting game, like a modern, two, like sophisticated fighting game. I have two important questions. Yep. One, with Saber Wolf, can I still do a combo by holding back, then forward, then forward, then back, then back, then forward? So you like, don't. Like <laughs> Saber Wolf is no longer a charge character; it's just back, then forward. He was totally my character uh, in the day. But exactly, yeah. me too, because he was the best to get long combos with. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I think that Saber Wolf will feel a little familiar, but there's a learning curve still. Mm-hmm. Um, Question two. Uh huh. 
Is this game consider? Do we consider this game a free to play? No, yes. I, I don't no, think. We absolutely no, do. I, I honestly feel like it's a game with a demo that allows you to play with people who have the full version of because you can't you can't earn the characters right. There's no, no option, but you can it's buy them. Money. You can buy them individually. Yeah. Yes, and that makes it free to play to me. Like that game is in the same sense that Dota or sorry League has characters that you can buy. Like you have okay, you have X amount of characters available for free, and you can play with anybody playing any character. Who's and then free? You can also Jago. play. Jago's the only one who's free. Uh, and then you can spend X amount of dollars to access other characters. But the difference is, is that I've played League of Legends, and simply through playing, I've also purchased like fifteen characters. And right. that's a pain in the ass. Is that you cannot unlock a currency to unlock? Yeah, I mean, who knows if they'll people. they'll add that? Like, I'm I just think. curious. I'm, I I don't hate it one way or the other. I'm just curious. <coughs> one if of the things free to play. that yeah. this, this this launch has done that Microsoft has done this launch that's made people really nervous, and I I think that Sony is probably going to do this too, considering Gran Turismo Six is full of them. Uh, is there are <laughs> microtransactions in everything? Yep. Every every Xbox One game has microtransactions. The one that people seem to be the most pissed about right now is Forza because yeah, and they're uh, changing that. Stop it. What you're doing? Stop that. Nervous <laughs> habit. <laughs> Stop uh, messing with your hair. With Forza, uh, I think that it has the least content compared to previous games, and like you can buy stuff with real money, and that really pisses some people off. Uh, I didn't give a shit. I no. don't like. And microtransactions don't typically bother me. I don't think it breaks it. But anyway, in response to all the community stuff, they've sort of radically changed elements of the economy for that game today. Um, and they did for it for Forza. Yeah, yeah, for Forza. What did they change over the today? weekend? It's uh, like you are getting more credits faster. You are earning them at a more rapid rate. Uh, Cars are unlocking more readily. Right, and Good. they're giving like extra credits to people. They're reducing the cost of cars in credits. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing about like credits correspond to tokens. Blah blah blah. Uh, so there is a possibility that if Microsoft thinks that it would be to the game's benefit that they will change the way that you unlock characters. And honestly, for gold members, they should just do it. Yeah. Because every launch game on Xbox One is subsidized. Like, none of them are going to make the money back that they cost to make because that's just not the way the launch software works. Yep. Um, they Like, Forza is an absurdly... It's probably the most expensive Forza game they've ever made. Um, it's certainly the biggest from a content perspective, just at like how much raw data like there is in the game. Dead Rising is assuredly not going to make its money back. And all of these games have invested technologies that no other game has used before. Yeah, exactly. So I, they're already subsidizing everything, so they might as well just make it a part of gold and like, yeah. give people, like throw people a bone. Um, but for now, I feel like th- the way that it's set up, it just feels like a demo that you can actually play. Uh, okay. As opposed to a free-to-play game, yeah, microtransactions in games are certainly not going to go away. In the words of one Justin Davis from IGN, why would you not give people a way to spend more than the base value of the, on your game? Like right out of the bat, like that's always going to be. <laughs> I mean, like what's up? Yeah. Yeah. Have more the specific- to get three hundred dollars out of someone versus sixty. <laughs> more specifically, yep. like why would you take away something that there is clearly an appetite for? Yeah from a wider audience. Yeah. Like, the problem is you need to strike a, an appropriate balance. Sure. Like you need to give people incentive to buy your shit as opposed to having it in there to inhibit them. And that's Rise's problem in multiplayer. Hmm. Because the way Rise works is in the campaign you unlock Valor. And Valor allows you to unlock new skills for your main character, Marius. Uh, multiplayer lets you unlock gold, which is a unique currency for multiplayer stuff. If you don't want to spend Valor in single player, you can spend gold that you've earned to unlock skills. There's no reason you would ever do that because you unlock gold so slowly and you unlock valor so rapidly that there's no reason you would ever spend gold on mm. single player skills. 
Wow. Because you need an enormous amount of gold in multiplayer to unlock even the most basic shitty items for your multiplayer. Grid. So the economy wasn't. It sounds it's, broken. It sounds broken. Yeah. yeah, it's it's consciously fighting back against you because the way it works is you gain X levels for earning Y experience points, and once you cross a threshold, you access tier one, tier two, tier three equipment, and tier two equipment like the, a gold. So there's bronze, silver, and gold. Uh, packages and they work like trading cards so you get a bronze pack and you get two shitty items you get a silver pack you get two shitty items and a good one you get a gold one you get three really good items and one shitty one which might be a potion which is still really good right uh tier two is where i'm at now when i played multiplayer for about six or seven hours jesus christ what is wrong with you and i don't listen i don't know uh and the shit i'm unlocking is like kind of not great the rare items i'm getting from gold packs in tier two are worse than the items I have in tier one. You're like Can one you, of those kids uh, that would buy magic to me cards. What Rise's multiplayer is? Yeah, it's it's wave based survival with with two people. Yeah, basically. it's two player co op objective based combat. So you capture a control point, kill the archers, uh, destroy these catapults or whatever, uh, take it, down these camps. Is it any better than it was when we played it at PAX? So it's the same thing, but I've actually grown to appreciate it more than when we played it. Why? Okay. So I'm not saying, like, is it more polished? Does it function yes, better? Yes, yes. So okay. it looks better, it plays better than it was when we did. But and the then same you're th- not playing it on a shitty TV in 120 uh, hertz mode? Correct. <laughs> oh, at God. the same time, I do want to add the qualifier. Like, Rise is what it is, and it makes no bones about it. Like, that combat is boring. And if you're not behind it from the get-go, you're probably not going to get behind you it. You don't funny- seem to find it boring. You think it's limited. See, I think it... I even find it boring. And this is the thing. Okay, so, you are a crazy person. So the campaign <laughs> works like this. The campaign starts out, and the story is kind of shitty. But the combat, while simple, feels good. And you're you're doing things, and you're maiming dudes in really fucked up ways that are uncomfortable. But it is like... It feels good. Like, the combat just feels good. Because the, the way Arthur phrased it is, it feels like you're putting a sword through a person. The and weird... It, and it's like, that... That's a feeling that most games don't accomplish. No, I agree. Well, the weird thing was is when I was watching you play it earlier today, and I saw you play maybe, I don't know, half an hour of it, yeah. 20 minutes, something yeah, like yeah. that. Um, the, the, the crazy level of violence that you do against guys didn't seem any worse to me than Assassin's Creed, and occasionally was even comical, in spite of the fact that this game has incredibly detailed graphics and is yeah. very, very pretty. Yeah, it's like when you up. were sticking a sword through somebody, I was like, "Yeah, you know, it's a game." It, You're it, it, a desensitized it, it, monster. Yeah, I, see, okay, oh, I, I guess like, I am. It did. I didn't feel <laughs> it. I, 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 <laughs> see, I, I didn't like, feel it. I didn't like. I was just like it when you chopped off a guy's arm. I thought it looked like I when somebody chopped so, off somebody's arm watching. in a cartoon. What Matt's saying is that Matt needs to like wrap a belt around his neck and hang himself <laughs> while he's playing Rise to feel something. Exactly. I, I that's exactly. If it. That's because you were watching because. Maybe like, to do that, just like it feels like you were doing that to a person in that game. Really, it's so vividly detailed, and you see the anguish in their face when you and the, the bone. You throat. see the bone. You see the bone when you cut off their arm. You see dudes like grab for their stump of a leg when you cut off their leg. Yeah, that shit it doesn't me... feel like you're doing it, Mitch. You're not going to go home at night tonight, wake <laughs> and up, have night terrors, <laughs> and punch Sean in the face and be like, Sean, I can't forget. This. It feels <laughs> it feels more like you're doing it than like in Space Marine, which is the game I find totally most comparable totally. to it. Right. Um, which is why well, I mean thematically as well no, since no, no, it's no, like no. that ro- sort of neo-roman in like bullshit. the melodramatic <laughs> we need to do it for the emperor thing yeah, yeah. sure 
But but as but, far as the bo- the boring comment, like the funny thing is, is the game that and I was trying to think about this this entire time that we were talking, and I was like, what does this game remind me of? It totally reminds me of something. What does this game remind me of? And uh, a it reminds fucking Genesis game. No, it, it well maybe yeah, it reminds me of Dynasty Warriors. That's the um, game that it reminds me of the most, uh, and I'm not. I'm not talking. I'm not talking about in terms of uh, the actual button presses and things you do on the joystick. I'm talking about the fact that it's like the same combat over and over and over again, and how kind of mind-numbingly of. enjoyable that can actually be in the right scenario. But I think the I played a Rise shit has. ton of, of Dynasty Warriors one and two because that when was the last crazy time you combat a was enjoyable? Game. Like. Oh, like not forever because the there combat is boring and the it's end. the same thing over and over and over again. See, and the strength of Rise is that even though the combat is repetitive and it doesn't change, like you have everything unlocked from the get go, which is great. Ninja Gaiden does that and it's super yeah. effective. The problem no, is it that, doesn't. Well, um, you yeah. upgrade your weapons in Ninja Gaiden. And yeah, you upgrade your weapons That's and just... you get new weapons and yeah. Um, but the, most of the skills are there and you can start doing really rad shit from the beginning. You can uh-huh. do complicated inputs. Where Rise is, it's not about unlocking certain specific moves or combos they're just there and mm. what you have to do is use tactics and knowledge of patterns to exploit enemy archetypes which Sa- sounds kind of like batman or assassin's creed a little bit and in the beginning it's really interesting to go oh shit i'm fighting against a shield guy and two axe guys how do i fight them effectively and time my blocks and time my shield breaks and time my right. heavy attacks and then get a double execution and then max my XP bonus. And that sounds pretty rad. Right, because you're hitting your D-pad to change, okay, I need to get focus, which will let me slow time. Or I need to get XP, which will let me crack my skills. And jumping between those... Is focus what you use to do, like, the most devastating kick ever delivered? <laughs> yes. The slow that was ridiculous. The <laughs> like, the dude just flew horizontally <laughs> into a wall. It was, it was amazing. So, so, that thing is especially hilarious when there is a ledge nearby, because they will fucking fly it's just like, ledge, and they go it's, toppling over. It's like you kicked Wile E. Coyote off a cliff or something. Oh, yeah. talk about dissonance. I mean, oh, that's man, so nuts. And it's um, brutal. Like the, everything slows down, and like just the sound is like really crushing. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like the, this game just... strikes me as comical more than it strikes me as serious. I feel like they they crossed a line where they were trying to be something that is brutal and evocative, and instead it's just kind of wacky. So it's Crytek, is what you're saying? Yeah, it's Crytek. <laughs> um, quick, quick aside. Next gen is going to get me kicked out of my apartment. Because, oh, like, the dynamic range on all the audio is such that I have to turn it up to hear things. Yeah. And then, like, something loud happens Ta-boom. and shakes my fucking floor. Like, like somebody kicking somebody explodes. off. Battlefield <laughs> is going to kill me. Um, <laughs> or, or you, or you got to get headphones just for, like, late hours. I get, No, like, <laughs> yeah. even during the day, like, it's getting to the point where, like, so, like booms will happen and it will, like, shake the low end of my speakers and make wow. me worry about the downstairs neighbors. Wow. Every time I get an envelope from the property management company in the mail, I'm like, this is when I get kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> so at the beginning of Rise, I found the story kind of hollow and the combat mildly interesting. Right. And it stays interesting enough because of the things you're doing and the enemies that they're introducing. Because they introduce like, oh, this is a guy with double blades and he's fast and he fights completely differently than the guy with the hammer or the guy mm-hmm. with the two whatever. Like They keep introducing archetypes. But halfway through, they stop doing that. It turns around and it's this inverse thing where suddenly the combat is super boring and you're over it. And the characters are over it too. They're talking about like, bah, all this bloodshed. I'm bored and I'm sad. It's like, cool, so am I. You're not allowed to be bored of your video game too. 
So yeah. um, just to clarify, by the way, a conversation we were having during the break, uh, Towerfall Ascension does not have online multiplayer. <sighs> Damn it. That is via Matt Thorson on Twitter. Okay, that's pretty authoritative. Uh, that's a bummer. So, uh, like, but at so, the same time, the com- while the combat starts to deteriorate, the yeah. story gets crazy fucking interesting. Really? They start introducing a lot of really interesting elements, and they start moving it in a direction that is unexpected, and the characterization starts getting really interesting. And it seems huh. the characterization's pretty good throughout. Like, Marius is a pretty good character. Mm. All things considered, like, the writing is dumb, and his motivation is purely revenge. But they start exploring a few interesting avenues with that, and once you guys have played it, I would like to kind of explore that in a more spoilery way. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll do our first our first spoiler cast of the new year on fucking Rise. Yeah, right. <laughs> as well, the, as us, I was gonna say, Mitch, as someone who's gonna get an Xbox One eventually. Yeah. Uh, and by eventually, I mean probably sometime this month. Um, is it? Do you like it enough that you would say like eh, you, you could buy this as your launch game? Yeah, I mean, this is one of those games where I think that it is totally worthy of the mixed receptions getting. I do think it is only an okay game. It has problems. Mm. But it's one of those, like, it's a 6.5 that I recommend really enthusiastically. Because it's, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. And it's, there's, yeah. there is something to get from it. Anthony, I think you would especially get it um, or enjoy what you, get, what you get out of it. Because I think the elements of the story are there that, that you would find interesting. I think the combat would be interesting to you just as someone who, like me, found Space Marine kind of mindless but also really enjoyable. Um, and also, you're a totally sick motherfucker who doesn't care about the violence, and you're going to love dismembering dudes. I'm pretty sure that's the only reason he's interested. Yeah. And I think, like, I was talking to Marty from work about this. We've had Marty on the show before. I was talking to him, and I expected to go to lunch with him and rant about, like, ah, Rise is really dumb. And when I walked away, I was you like... You wouldn't shut the fuck up about that game all weekend, which really surprised me. It's surprisingly good. Like, I, <laughs> I went in... Don't call it good. It's borderline good. It is so <laughs> fucking close to being capital G good. So, so why? Uh, so, do you have any theories as to why this game is critically so mixed, but to the general populace seems to be a hit? We're just you know, not with it, man. Like, so like, the reason uh, it so is a you, hit with the populace is it is a very, very, very attractive game. It yeah. looks incredible. Every inch of that game is just lavishly detailed. Like we 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 stop and we're looking at the character model and his armor. Oh is, yeah, it's both pristine and kind of fucked up. Where it's- it was so weird though, like when they when it went to the in-game cutscenes and they have the characters smile and I'm like, ooh, <laughs> the facial it's like, not great. <laughs> it's it's faces- Arnold in Terminator Two, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they look really wrong. Every and muscle I, and in I'm his like, face is being man, used they, in the wrong way. Right, and I was like, man, they they had such good good facial expressions in Half-Life 2 yeah. and Heavenly Sword, which okay, was a launch ha- title for the PS3. Half-Life 2 and Heavenly Sword are both considerably more stylized slash cartoony than Rise is. Yeah, yeah but I mean, the, the facial expressions are readable, and the problem with Rise is the facial expressions are just kind of wrong. I would just point out like something like a Disney mer- movie versus Tron Legacy as yeah. an example of like the fucking... It is so much more difficult to have a realistic face that's convincing when it moves than it is to have an animated face that is convincing. It's not realistic. It just it makes you believe. That's one about that. It's in the cutscenes. Some of the stuff is a a little weird because you know those characters are like Marius's father is. He smiles at him and they have conversation, and his face is not necessarily as expressive as other characters, such as every in-game character model that is in combat. Because those characters you're seeing a lot. 
mostly because they're clones of each other. You see yeah. a lot of the same enemy, which is part of the problem. But you're also seeing, like, you get close-ups of Marius, and you get close-ups of these enemies as you perform executions, and as the camera pulls in tighter as you pull in big combos, and you see their facial expressions. And those expressions are they're super clear. Like, you see a lot of mm. really great detail in the combat facial expressions, which is a weirdly specific thing to focus on. But, yeah. like, you see... Like, this isn't a revenge story, and you see genuine fucking anger in this character cutting dudes up. And that's kind of interesting. Yeah. And the detail there is more remarkable than the cutscenes. Happiness is more difficult than fury, Mitch. Totally agree. <laughs> totally agree. As is evident by this game cutscenes. <laughs> and, and so, uh, I guess, uh, kind of my... I guess then back to my original question... Um, does the populace love this simply because it's pretty? Do they? Do I, they? Are, is it accessible? No, do I they like the actual way here. that it plays? I think it's it's a simple action game. It's so this is the best Call of Duty game of the year because it is a huh. It is a mindless action game. It is linear. It has big cool set pieces. It's gorgeous. It's got a fun story. You're taking me over through this roller coaster of emotions right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the same set. It's it's just third person Call like, of Duty game. Okay, this sounds interesting. Then you say huh. Call of Duty, and it's like my gag reflex comes up. But it's cool in the same way that Call of Duty used to be, in that you have these cool encounters that, okay, some of them are kind of boring, but some of them are really fucking cool. I've been hurt before, Mitch. And some of, the, <laughs> some of the set pieces are really cool, and some of them are kind of boring. And it just vomits up achievements. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> I got like 780 points. It's great. Um, Why do you... I don't even... I so don't care about achievements. Like, I, if not you, even a little bit anymore. I don't, I don't get the apathy towards achievements if you ever get involved in, like, leaderboard shit on yeah. any arcade game at all. Yeah, right, which I don't. Um, like, achievements for me, like, uh, if I play through a single-player campaign, whatever achievements I happen to unlock, I think, oh... I unlock that achievement because that's the way that I'm playing. But I don't like target achievements. I don't go for achievements. I don't give a shit about my gamer score and haven't for years. And uh, the weird thing was is that like I was into that when the Xbox first came out. Right, and I thought right. it was a great idea. And now I could not Jeez. fucking care less. It's because you care about your time as an, an adult. You've also sort of divested from the whole Xbox experience. Um, yeah, I suppose I have to a degree. Also, I have an Xbox to lend you tonight if you want to take it. That works. Oh, shit. Totally non sequitur. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's loud, but it works. That's awesome. Um, yeah, but to answer Anthony's question, or I think I one, think of, one of you dicks asked. It was me. Yes, it, it was I this dick over here. I would recommend that you play this. Not necessarily with the kind of fervor that you would rep- Oh, that might have been Anthony. like... Yeah. A Forza or a Battlefield. Right. If or Dead working. Rising 3, even. <laughs> See, I got $100 credit at Best Buy, so now I, I know where I like to go. <laughs> there you go. Then I like Rise. Just because I found like a lot of the stuff Rise was doing fascinating. Huh. Where, I, mean, I can't talk about it without it being spoilery. Okay, right. well, we can maybe talk about that next week. Yeah. Um, cool to that. It's actually... There's... I still need to play Resogun. But, like, other than Resogun, like, PS4 is tapped out for me until yeah. next year. I don't even, That's like, I'm not so only is it tapped, I don't own one. Not only is it, is it tapped out for me until next year, like, until Infamous, yep. I don't know what I will play on my PS4 that isn't yeah. Resogun. And I think yeah. a lot of people feel that way about Xbox um, right now, too. But with, uh, I mean... No, a lot of people don't, though, because a lot of people didn't play Assassin's Creed before it came out. Um, you know what I mean? I, like they're still playing mm, those games. The like I'm consumer. saying on true, Xbox, yeah. like there's actually like a multitude of things that I still want to try. Like I have played 
20 minutes of Dead Rising, and I played no no Rise. Honest to God, there's already there's still more shit to come on 360 that I'm more excited about than any next-gen platform. Like, huh. I still need to go play Soul Calibur 2 HD. Super Time Force is still coming. So they get... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Man, why don't... Right. Like, can they just release Super Time Force on Xbox One, please? I know. Dear please. Chris Petrowski, <laughs> sort it out! Give <laughs> us your fucking your game! Shit out. Stop Also, hi, stuff. it's fucking December. By the time this comes out, could you, like... Give us a release date for the summer Xbox Live Arcade game. <laughs> um, I need to play Enemy Within. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Shit. Oh, so good. Yeah. So good. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that I'm just going to buy the digital version of Enemy Within. Because, oh, man. Like, the, it's actually on, only, a two week, it's only a two-week gap on Xbox 360 now between retail and, I, on, and digital. Yeah, you should fill that entire it. two weeks with Enemy Within. It's that good. I will say that if uh, anybody is looking at a Steam sale... You are dummy if you don't buy Antichamber for five bucks. Yep. Game is oh man, fucking phenomenal! I'm sure fair, FTL sales... will be on sale at some point, and if yeah. you don't own, and there's that, a then... great feature on Polygon.com about it. About what? So there you go. Antichamber. Oh, we, we do so many features. It's hard to keep track. Speaking yeah. of Rise, I finally read Matt's uh, History of Rise thing, which I didn't read. Oh, I wrote well, a History oh, like of Rise about thing. The permacrunch. <laughs> Yeah, where they were just like, fuck, seven years s- of drones. I'm just sending my family away because <laughs> I will never see them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, They're going to France and I am going to hell. Yep. That was a good feature, too. Um, uh, not a way to live. I. Not a way to live on something that ultimately wasn't even, like, amazing, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty. So. It also- is very, very pretty. It, it Like, um, that and Killzone are the two games so far that make me go like, whoa, fuck, next gen. You'll be playing Peggles sooner than you think. Yep. Oh, my God. So soon. I also want to point next out... Next gen has arrived. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I am still out- NDA'd about Peggle 2, but I like I am absurdly... It's okay, I'm not. You're going to shoot pegs at Peggle things. <laughs> going to make music at the end. <laughs> and you're going to see returning characters... <laughs> No, everybody has their own they have music a now. Thing. That's just Bjorn. Really? Yes. Yeah, Everybody's got their the own. The only thing you need is Ode to Joy. If it's, you want to have Ode to Joy and other characters, you got to pay for Arthur, it. Arthur, how's that NDA treating you, buddy? God damn. <laughs> I actually emailed them to ask if I could talk about it, and they said, nope. Aww. That's unfortunate. Um, although, Peggle, every time you get an achievement or make a really awesome shot in Peggle, it auto records. <laughs> nice great yeah it's pretty good man that's great i love uh, I the wish, recording clips thing and on xbox i wish PopCap was still independent because if they were they i would make the tagline for peggle like peggle 2 prepare to be pegged <laughs> well, that's just gross <laughs> you know it's not your thing but somebody out there is gonna get something out of it <laughs> you don't know until you try mitch yep um yeah i there's a lot. There's actually a lot of stuff coming out in the next four or five months that yeah, I'm really good. interested in. Yeah, um, I do for both consoles, just, man. Just I'm for, telling you, there's plenty of stuff. Is anybody here I interested both, in the next gen re-release of Tomb Raider? Nope. No. Played, I played it on that PC. It's pretty good. The end. Move on. I liked it. I still, yeah. I couldn't get my, bring myself to play more than an hour. Then don't bother playing it on next gen for sixty more dollars. I really enjoyed that game for the reasons that I talked about, I don't know, ten or twenty episodes ago. And you can play it on next gen and probably experience trace effects on a console. It's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's true. <laughs> I wanna so. point out and not to be like a total buzzkill, but I would like to catch the train in twenty minutes if we can. Okay. Yeah, I think, I think we're pretty much in a good place to wrap up though. Anyways. 
So. Yeah, whatever. We talked about a shit ton of fucking video games. <laughs> yes. We did. We we did, man. And I'm hoping to acquire an Xbox One. So I think next week will finally be the week that I uh, talk about Dota. Oh God, yeah. I've been playing a lot. Um, I am. Anthony, Forty hours, and I still can't articulate about it. But <laughs> next week, I think I'm Anthony, have you been looking for an Xbox and can't find one, or you're just waiting till you get paid? I had a launch day one, but I gave it to a coworker because right, uh, he really, really wanted one, and I knew I could live without. I don't give a shit, man. I don't give a shit about achievements. I really don't. Yeah, uh, we're in the same boat. But, but uh, I knew I was going to get one, but I have a $100 Best Buy. I'm going to buy it from Best Buy now because Best Buy had that trade-in thing. For any Xbox, as long as it turned on, you got $100. And it's just shit. like bringing in an old, it's just, you roll in an old jalopy. <laughs> I did, I did, fan. I did. I rolled in my backup Xbox, which at work they had said... This stays on for three minutes at a time and then red rings. And I was like, good enough. <laughs> well, you know, they're just going to refurb that shit and sell it cheap. So. Yeah. So good. Did it. Got a hundred bucks. That's so amazing. I didn't know that. Uh, so. All right. So let's wrap it up. All right. Okay. All right. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Chuff Money. Mitch is at Mitchie D. Matt is Talking Orange. And Arthur is A-E-G-I-E-S. <laughs> Arthur does work for a video game site called Polygon. You can read all kinds of stuff there, including reviews that he's written, such as uh, reviews on games like uh, Killzone. And Rise. Oh God, and don't more recently. send people um, to that, please. And, uh, and then you can go in the comments and say really insightful and nice things. Um, <laughs> and then if, if you go to uh, IGN.com, you can read news stories that Mitch is writing. Also good stuff. Such as, such as all the things about reports of consoles breaking. Uh... <laughs> The new Persona games getting announced. <laughs> I, so I, I pay attention to what they do. Yep. Um, and if you're enough, ever looking for people Persona that could stories. do awesome film work about video <coughs> games, go no further than Area5.tv. Bam. Or, or hit up Matt on, on Twitter. He will hook you the fuck up. <coughs> you can go watch the Street Fighter 4 documentary on YouTube to see more of what they've been able to accomplish. You know, to really see the style that they got going on. Blammo. And uh, I work for a little company called Zombie. Yay. You can learn more about it at zombie.com. And we have a game on PSN right now, uh, Blacklight Retribution, if you're in America, and it will be coming a little bit later to Europe. I need to play uh, that. For the people that are listening in Europe and getting their consoles when you're hearing this probably uh, today. Yeah, it's out the day uh, this podcast comes out. Nice. Yep. Happy PS4 day. You can send in letters to us that we'll probably uh, never read, and we may read and then mock you for at letters at eat-game.com. <laughs> <laughs> Go out there and be nice to each other And you know what No one besides God gives a shit what console you bought So don't argue with each other exactly. But God, God cares <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, You're going to answer before St. Peter For that Xbox One <laughs> Unless Blacklight comes out for it In which case you're all good We out you have no you have